Yo, 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 what's up, baby? Welcome to an episode of Football Without Hesitation. Your look at, I want to say San Jose Earthquakes, but every week it keeps being less and less and less earthquakes and more and more Monterey Bay FC. So, and going with that trend, this episode is going to be a heavy, heavy Monterey Bay FC. Actually, I don't think I have any notes for San Jose Earthquakes. They lost two to nothing to Philadelphia. What's new? <laughs> Next topic. They did. They did. Almeida's last year is not looking pretty good. But anyway, this week is I'm super excited. If you feel my voice a little more energetic, it's because I'm not alone. <laughs> I'm not alone today talking about soccer as I usually am. Today I have a guest with me, Myra Gomez, an old friend, a, a true professional in this. Yeah, and now you're on my turf. I'm Now I'm not sweating and, and suffering in front of a camera. Now I feel completely at ease. Well, I don't know, Oz, you know, thank you for having me here this morning, this afternoon, today, whatever time it is, because at the end of the day, we're just talking football. It's an honor for me to be a guest, a co-host of your show, Football Without Hesitation, especially because you told me where this name comes from. That's pretty awesome. I'm also glad that you're not by yourself, but that just shows your dedication, your commitment to your fans and to everyone who listens to your podcast, Football Without Hesitation. You don't need anybody to just talk football. So that's pretty exciting, Oz. Thank you. And Soon we'll have Hugh Roberts on, and you'll you'll know who that what that means. And he really, again, he he had that same thing. He started a USL podcast because nobody was talking about it. He did it by himself, just like all right, I'm going to do it. And yeah, it's cool. It's fun to see what it's grown into because I really met you through this. You know, if you go all the way back in time, really, this started as a soccer blog way back in the day called Quakes and Lechuga, where I would talk about the San Jose Earthquakes and the Salina soccer scene. And that's how I, I met you, you know, covering that one day. And here we are now. <laughs> now we're now we're co we're co-founders of Fuerza Unio, a new fan group for Monterey Bay FC. And as you said, this is what it does: soccer, sports in general. They bring people together. And last week we had quite a successful watch party at the XL Public House. We had over sixty people. After a quick announcement, we had people from all over Monterey County and even some people from Santa Cruz County. I think it's important that we mention. We mentioned it because a lot of people are constantly questioning about whether it's okay to come to Salinas, you know, what's happening in Salinas. Our downtown is just completely, we'd say it's a pop in. I don't know. Maybe the new generation wouldn't appreciate that. But public house. It's lit. It's lit. It's lit. There you go. It was lit this past Saturday. We hope it's the same way. Even better this coming up Saturday because last week we had an excellent game. We had the first ever goal for my FC from the feet, from the foot. Would we say del pie de el señor Seku Kone? Well, it was a header. Ah, cierto, del, yeah. de la cabeza. De la a cabeza. great goal. Fue, fue un, it was a great goal, and you're right. I was, I, I was thinking foot, and then I was like, no, wait, how do I say head? There you go. De la cabeza de Seku Kone. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And he was, and well, just quick little bio for if you're not familiar with him, he's was a twenty. He's twenty six year old center forward from Liberia. But even though he's twenty six, again, this guy they said they think he speaks five languages. Yes, <laughs> and he's played again in like what the Net- he was raised in the Netherlands. He's played in Russia. He's played in Iceland. He's played all over the world. So he's twenty six, but he has a ton of experience. 12 goals, well, now 13 goals in 45 USL championship appearances. 
Yeah, that was exciting. This, yeah, this was one he's, of multi, the, he's multicultural, as you just mentioned. Like a lot of us here, he's lived in many different places. He's experienced different backgrounds. And now he's in Monterey. I, I think he pretty much fits right in. Yeah, well, if you score a goal in the first game, yeah, you fit yeah. it. You fit <laughs> it. You, you, you fit, fit it. Oh, and speaking of that game against the Phoenix Rising, the score 4-2, doesn't matter. We're skipping on from the first half, moving right into the second half, where Monterey Bay FC technically won because we had two goals, not just one. We had two goals, and the second one did come from the foot. Ahora sí vino el pie de... Adrian, Adrian Rebollar from Watsonville, California, Mr. 831. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, that's so cool. And that is literally what we've been saying with this team is that's a teenager from the 831 playing professional soccer for his hometown team. And that that's what we want. That we'll want that to be the first of many, of many, not just from Watsonville, but from all over the Tri-County area. And you can be a dude. You, you I, and can the, do that now. You can be a professional soccer player. You can ride your bike to the fields. Not yet, but almost. Because yeah. our first home game is the 7th of May. And that's where Fuerza Union is going to be present. We're going to be loud. We're going to be wild. We're going to be crazy. And we're going to be cheering on our Monterey Bay FC. Yeah. But what's important also, Oz, is to tell our fans where we were this week. Because you were a little too excited. <laughs> you know, Oz, I, you're, you're a journalist, you're a professional podcaster, you're a professional reporter, yet you saw these boys and you were pretty excited. You became a fan. What happened there? Yeah, well, that's, you know, it's difficult to separate that, you know, because <laughs> I really, and and now that, that there's a match, you know, it, it, there's something that like again those are now really my boys now i saw them play i and they were they're wearing that badge that has monterey bay on there so yeah so it was a little bit of like yeah these are pretty cool you know these are the guys that are going to be there every saturday battling it out for again for the pride of this area and and again like you mentioned the, the adrian when he got subbed in and people were like i know him I know him personally kind of thing. It, it, that This team is a little bit more personal. Again, the San Jose Earthquakes are still the hometown team, but we didn't grow up in San Jose. No, our know? hometown team is the Monterey Bay FC. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. San Jose is close enough, but if you're from Monterey, if you're from Salas, your team <laughs> is Monterey Bay FC. If you're from yeah. Watsonville, if you're from Marina, Seaside, Soledad, Castroville, I mean, you name it, King Cities. Any place near San Jose County, even Central Coast, all of the Central Coast in California, your home team is the Monterey Bay FC. So it's time that you follow Fuerza Union on Instagram, that you follow us and subscribe to our soon-to-be YouTube channel. Yeah. Where you'll be able to view us as we record this podcast, and you'll be able to view full unedited interviews from the players which is what we did this week we took a we took a drive yeah. out to marina which is only about 15 minutes from selena's at cscmb soccer fields that is where their home play games will be played the stadium is coming on and christina from their communications manager actually told us some of the bleachers are up right one of the north section or something I, yeah it's exciting to see that the scoreboard's up some of the bleachers are up Absolutely. But let's get yeah. back into what's happening with our team. As we mentioned, Adrian Rebollar had the very first, his very first game as a professional, came on and scored a goal. He, he told us what that goal was like. So let's go ahead and listen to the play-by-play -play from Adrian Rebollar. Initially, you know, it starts off from the, from the corner kick. Uh, Murphy plays the ball into me because I, I try to 
I was going to try to hit the ball one time on the, the corner that he gave me. I ended up taking a pretty bad touch. Uh, had to slide to keep the ball inside. Uh, Murphy ends up crossing it back in. I had Seku gets a header. The ball kind of uh, scatters in there. Arun gets a gets a foot on the ball, and then it just ends up landing in front of me. Um, I was initially going to hit it first time, but I honestly thought in my head I might kind of just shank it over. So I was like, I need to you know get a little composed, take a little breath. Um, I think everything kind of slowed down in the moment. Uh, I was able to take an extra touch and saw the keeper on the ground and just knew I had to put it uh, um, up above him. So and it ended up working out. I got my first goal and uh, I was very happy about that. You can hear his excitement. You understand what it means for him, what this represents for him to be able to score, to be able... I think one of the most important things, Oz, is when we mentioned to him that everyone was saying that they knew him. Yeah. Yeah, and then after he scored, I know a lot more people, I think, are going to say that, that he knows him. Well, and when he was talking about finding that, that space to take the shot, and everyone at the bar was like, shoot it, shoot! Like, and, you know, because... But again, him being the professional, he was like, no, he was finding the, the he was there with us. Like, okay, I, I know I have to take a shot now, but I'm going to re- wait for the right moment. Not like all these drunk people that just want me to shoot <laughs> at any random time. Well, a lot of people wanted him to shoot, but you're right. He just told us. So for those of you that were yelling on on at the screen and saying, hey, just shoot, shoot, shoot. Nope. He realized in that moment, he says, it slowed down. It was like slow motion. He said, I got to take that extra step. He also mentioned that he heard the words of Coach Frank. Coach Frank has been telling him because he has been practicing. And Coach Frank told us a little bit about Adrian and what his story has been like in the past couple of weeks. Just play his normal game, relax. You know, he's proved it. I mean, he's been training with us since we started in, in February. And Adrian's been, a you know, improving each each uh, week that goes by um i already had in my mind that we're going to sign him probably within three weeks of sort of looking at him letting him feel what it's like to be in a professional environment i think he's done great i really do i think he finished his goal well i think he was dynamic in the game um yeah he still has a ways to go obviously um but very happy with his you know, development and, and Walmer's on the field as well so one was one year ahead of him with his professional um you know career but it's nice to see two local guys on the field at the same time. All right, well, there you have it. Coach Frank is a, seems to be a fan of Adrian at this moment. He did tell us that throughout the entire practice, he knew he was going to sign him. He had not told Adrian, though. It was in the back of his mind. He said, this kid deserves to be on this team. But he did not tell him. He was preparing him for that moment, Oz. What I liked about it is, again, we... I don't know if it'll come on the video, but he, when we were interviewing him, he had his teammates back there giving him, giving him some stuff, you know, like, and, and it's so cool to see the team starting to come together like that. Cause you could, I could see how it could be like, what this 19 year old trialist is now playing over me, you know, that how you can be bitter and you're like, I want the, the playing time, but everybody seems so excited to see him being interviewed and, and to, they were just messing with him. And it, yeah, it's so cool to see the team coming together like that. And that's truly also what Welmer told us. Welmer, Welmer, former, actually current Salvadorian national soccer team member, he talked a little about what he brings to the team. And he also told us how important that bond, that relationship amongst them is. Let's hear. There was something that I really wanted, but I didn't know if it was going to be able to happen. And when it happened, you know, I was, you know, super happy to be here home locally, my family and friends and my community being able to support me. So that was something amazing that's happened right now in my career. 
There you go. A player who has played internationally. He's excited to be home, excited to be able to play in front of his family. And as we mentioned to him, his family doesn't have to take a flight anymore. He can just drive right into CSU and be this upcoming May 7th, May 7th, where Fuerza Union will be there, will be present, will be loud. I know I said it earlier, but because we are and we expect you all to be there so we can be celebrating like we expect you to be there this Saturday as Monterey Bay FC takes on their second opponent, the Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Oz, what do you have for us? So Colorado Springs is another one of these. They've, they've been around for a while. They've been playing since 2015. I wanted to say on paper, it was one of these on paper that it was like, wow, Monterey Bay FC looks like they might be better than them. I don't know in their second game ever. Then uh, Colorado Springs start their season against the defending champ Orange County. So you're thinking, all right, well, we can really see what they are. And they come out and beat them at home. They beat Orange County, the defending champs, two to one at home. And they, they have the ability to score a lot. That That's one thing is they, they can put four up really quickly. Last year, they finished third place in the Mountain Division. This year it's going to be a little bit different. We'll talk uh, when our, we'll get our USL uh, lesson in a bit. That's it's now an East or West format. They actually lost in the playoffs to the eventual champions, Orange County FC. So this is another really really good squad. Mon- Whoever sets up the schedule was like, all right, Monterey Bay, you're gonna you're gonna learn how strong you are quickly because we're playing. Against some of the toughest es ones. Lo que le hicieron a Monterrey es como cuando de chiquitos que te aventaron a la piscina <laughs> sin haber tomado una lección de así. O sea, o nadas o te hundes. That's, that's what they're that's doing what they're in Monterey doing, right yeah. now. It's like when parents would just throw their kids into the pool. It's like, you're either going to swim or you're going to drown today. And we actually spoke to Coach Frank on Sunday at the All-Star Classic last week. And I said, hey, Coach, good job. Congratulations. He's like, you know, Myra, I don't understand. Who set up this schedule? Oz, he's right with you. He's wondering who set up this yeah. schedule. Because, as you mentioned, Phoenix Rising, a team with experience, one of the teams who's been a champion in the USL, a team that's been together for several years now, having to be your first game. And then coming on to the second game, you got Colorado Springs switchbacks. You mentioned it. They were a playoff team. Now they go on. They play against the champion. Last year's champion, they win a two to one. So you know they're in, you know, they're hot. They're they're ready. And this is your second opponent. It's not an easy task for Monterey. No, it, it's definitely not. But you signed another veteran. You know, you signed another veteran and and you're you're one week in and again that second half was very promising. I mean, it was, it was Frank. So you, you you knew, you know, Frank Gallup has a lot of not just USL experience, but just overall head coaching experience. So you, you kind of figured that he wasn't going to put a team out there that was completely didn't know what they were doing, you know, and, and it was this really amateur looking squad. So you, you knew, you know, it's this is obviously some kind of jitters, chemistry issues. You know, it's the very, very first match, you know, and, and again, and Colorado, again, it, it was a defending champs, but two two to one. That that's not really, they don't seem to be really on on their game as much. You know, they should they should have put a lot more up. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, so you think you think one. it's going to be easy? No, no, <laughs> it's definitely not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a struggle. I, but I feel good. I feel good. The one thing that is, I think, always a struggle for anybody going into Colorado Springs, especially somebody that plays a thousand yards away from the ocean as Monterey Bay FC does Colorado Springs. Uh, their home stadium is at 6,500 feet. It is the tallest or the highest professional stadium in, 
in the United States. I don't know about North America. I think it might be even taller than Azteca, though. But so that that's always a struggle. And, you know, they're, they're practicing at sea level, literally at sea level, because the sea's right there. So I can confirm that it's not higher than, than Azteca. So for those of you that have gone to Azteca and you feel that pressure on your lungs when you're there and you try to walk, it's very, very similar. It's not quite yet. I think it's like a few feet more because the only reason I know this is because the San Francisco 49ers train in Colorado. <laughs> And oh. every team that's going to Mexico City trains in Colorado. Not every team, but a lot of them do. They go out to Colorado in preparation for Mexico City. So my understanding is that Colorado is actually a bit lower than Estadio Azteca, but it's just about the same thing. So para todos ustedes que van a la Ciudad de México, algunos de ustedes que nos escuchan aquí en el podcast, que nos están viendo también por YouTube, pues les digo que esa altura también puede afectar a los jugadores, como acabas de decir, jugadores que, pues, que practican al nivel de los cielos. Tenemos el mar a 15 minutos. Ellos entrenan a 3, 4 cuadras del mar. Entonces, eso podría afectar al momento de correr la condición física que tengan, que es obviamente un favoritismo al ser local para el equipo de Colorado. Yeah, that's, again, that second half. I don't know what, how much energy the, in Monterey Bay FC will have pero, es, pero precisamente cuando hablas del segundo tiempo, when we talk about the second half, they had a better second half than they did in the first half. So, yes, it can affect them, but I also think that Coach Frank did exactly, as you mentioned, he understands the game, understands what kind of adjustments he needs to make, and he did that on the very first game. So I think we can expect some of that on the second game, and we also talked to him because he's already started studying. He started studying the team the moment he got off the plane, practically. Yeah. So he's a little familiar with Colorado Springs. He watched the game where they beat Orange County last week, and this is what he told us regarding his next opponent. High-pressing team at home. You know, they don't, don't give you an inch. Um, so they're going to be pressing us high. Uh, and their three front players are very dynamic. And I think that, um, you know, whether he plays the same lineup, I don't know. We'll find that out. But um, Haji Berry was a top goal scorer in the league last year, and he's playing. So that's always a, always an issue. We've got to make sure we're, we're smart and around him most of the game. But we're trying to play away from our goal too, so they can't set up camp around our goal and create chances. So that's the, that's the game plan for the weekend. As you say, Oz, he, Coach Frank is aware that it's not going to be an easy team, that they're a team with a lot of speed. They're a team, they're an aggressive team. He's going to figure out a way to slow them down, and we hope that he can. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. If At the very least, I think there will be more goals. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, the, the more goals for Monterey Bay FC though. Right? More, yeah, more okay. goals for Monterey Bay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me clarify that. We're gonna see more goals. We're gonna get a chance to jump and cheer and hug and do everything at XL again. And also, quick note for uh, Earthquakes fans, uh, uh, they might recognize uh, Jimmy Oxford, who plays for Colorado Springs. He was a, a defender for San Jose Earthquakes. Mostly played a lot in their in their Reno 1856 or 1858, whatever uh, lower division team but also played some matches with San Jose, played with Frank <laughs> yeah. when, when Frank was up there. So, um, so yeah, so some San Jose Earthquake fans might see a familiar face out there. And speaking of, we haven't actually touched on him. We did on our social media, and Monterey Bay FC announced the new signing of Simon Dawkins. Simon Dawkins, former San Jose Earthquakes player. Oz, you had an opportunity to talk to him. This is what we were talking about earlier yeah. on the podcast with Football Without Hesitation. Oz had... What what do we call it? A fan moment? Were, were you a little starstruck, Oz? Yeah, I honestly was. I wanted I wanted to be cool and say like, no, you were just putting me on the spot. And I was like, but no. And I will explain why. I know exactly why. This is 
No. Not a shame. No. You were starstruck. You saw Simon Dawkins, who is now a player for Monterey Bay FC. He told us a little bit about how he's coming. He also spoke to Oz. So, Oz, tell me, why were you starstruck when you saw him? Coming from uh, the San Jose Earthquakes background, he was uh, one of the – and, you know, with uh, some of the team representatives that we were talking to while we were there were mentioning, like, dude, these guys not only are good soccer players, they're also great people. They are great human beings. And so that's one of those things, you know, coming from San Jose, we had Chris Wondolowski, who I believe is one of the, the greatest people in sports. And one of those, another one of those guys, you know, during my tenure there, my my season ticket tenure was Simon Dawkins. I remember when Simon Dawkins was playing with San Jose, he, you know, in the second, because he played two, two, two stints with him. The first one was more successful and the second one wasn't, but he was always a great guy. So that's what I always loved is he was one of those never complained, always just seemed like a great person. But really, what really did it for me was a, a moment. I mean, this is why sports is so awesome. They have these moments that that just, they stay with you. So it was 2016. <laughs> 2016, San Jose Earthquakes playing Toronto FC, what, what is now called PayPal Park, had just had opened the season previous. So... Before San Jose, the Earthquakes moved to PayPal Park, they played at what was called Buckshaw Stadium at Santa Clara University, a little matchbox, tiny little, really amateur mm-hmm. level. So, then, so, so they were at, at Pay Park? Yeah, so so yeah, so yeah, they moved from there to the other one, but the, the atmosphere didn't come didn't come over with the move. The, the atmosphere at, at Buckshaw, it was tiny, but it was... It was this raucous atmosphere that any team that came didn't want to play there, even though it was only 10,000 or so people. So then here comes PayPal, brand new stadium, totally now it's it's upgraded to top-tier league status. You know, it's not inflatable uh, concession stands anymore. It's real stuff. And honestly, the, the fans couldn't, we couldn't get together. We couldn't, the energy wasn't there. The, the environment wasn't there. It was almost double the capacity. So a lot of people were like, well, who are you? You've never been here before. You know, how do we work together as a group? And that first season, it was kind of like that. Like, how do we cheer? How loud can we get? What what do we do? And the one moment that brought, I believe, that finally brought the supporters of the whole stadium together was this match against Toronto FC in 2016, the, the San Jose Earthquakes, Quincy America scored the first goal, first of all. I used to do a podcast with him. <laughs> and um, so then the, the Quakes go down two men. They get two red cards in the middle of the match. They're down to nine men. It's one to one. And I was so excited because Toronto had just signed this Japanese guy in the Super Draft, and he was so great, and I was so excited to see him. And he was involved in both plays that got the red card. So, And that's what started bringing the stadium together. So whenever this guy got the ball, everybody would boo him. For the whole rest of the match, that Toronto player that caused the two red cards or the Quakes to get the red cards would get booed. So that brought the stadium together, but it was still tied. It was a, The match was tied. The Quakes were winning. Toronto comes back. <sighs> It was Stephen Betashore to Justin Morrow, both ex-Quakes that scored that goal. So it, it was it hurt. It hurt. And we, we were brought together by our, our pain at that point. But then Simon Dawkins comes and saves the freaking day down two men. He takes off down the left flank. He takes on two two guys. Out, he's outside the 18, shoots from outside the 18, completely fools the keeper. The stadium goes absolutely 
bonkers. It to this day they they have like a earth earthquake meter type thing. So that's the the biggest earthquake, quote unquote, artificial earthquake that was created by the crowd in PayPal Park history was that goal by Simon Dawkins to beat Toronto FC down two men. And that, I believe, is what finally brought the San Jose Earthquake fans together, as in this is our home. This is what we defend. And what I'm saying here and what I'm hearing is a Simon Dawkins is going to be doing something incredible, yeah. as you just talked about, for the Monterey Bay FC. And he actually told us what he expects to bring to this team, where he sees himself on the roster. And we're going to go ahead and listen to what he had to say. I hope a lot. Um, that's the reason why I'm here. Uh, it's been like a long road, um, even to get fit to come here now. So hopefully I can get fit now and, and, and do this, this this season well and hopefully give the fans what they, they want to see. And you got a little bit of experience with Frank. What's it like working with him? Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, I've known him quite a long time, actually. He's been in contact with me for, for my whole career. So uh, it's good to finally come back with him and towards the end of my career. Well, there you have it. He's not, he doesn't sound very confident, Oz. And you told me a little thing, thing or two about him. You said he looked a little heavy, maybe a little bit more muscle or a little bit more fat because that might be a concern. I would say more muscle. He def more muscle. definitely, okay. yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't round, rounded out and, and cut his hair. So that is probably faster now. He's um, a, he could be a lot faster. I, yeah. I heard a lot of swimmers do that, actually. They shave their legs so they can, you know, get faster in the pool. Maybe that happened here, too. But Simon Dawkins is going to bring a lot of that veteran. He can also serve maybe as a mentor for the younger team. That's And again, yeah, that's what I'm really expecting from him. Is and He's mentioned it, you know, on, on the sound clip there that, you know, he, he's got a, a lot of miles on his legs. He, he doesn't even know how much is there. But it's that presence. You know, again, you talk about Tottenham and Aston Villa and Jamaican national team and San Jose Earthquakes. That is a tremendous amount of experience to have in the locker room and, and to it, be like, what's it like at Tottenham? <laughs> <laughs> and also, one of the things I think that's that's very important and that people should you know take into consideration is the fact that Simon actually has had a long relationship with Frank Yella. So Simon told us that he's been in touch with him since day one of his professional career. That's important. He's also played for him. So he's familiar with Frank's system. Him being on the pitch, him being able to tell the other players, it's almost like having an extra assistant coach. Yeah, and that really, I almost, yeah, that you kind of get the feeling of that, yeah, some kind of player coach type dude. And they already have Ramiro Corrales, so it's, this is a really nice group that they have put together. There's a lot of potential here. And again, I, I, a lot of the, a lot of it is the newness. A lot of, you know, the, the blanking on, again, a, a lot of, of the, the what's not working, I guess. I, I don't want to try to seem negative, but what hasn't been working, I feel a lot of it is just because, just brand new. It's literally brand new. These guys just haven't played together that that long. But you you see the the experience on the pitch. You see the experience in the coaching staff, and you're like, man, this there's some good possibilities here. They have a great potential. The, it's a group of kids, as you mentioned, a group of guys, a group of players that has been around for not very long. This is actually, they finally had a practice with all of their players, which is exciting. Yeah. I can also let you all know that there's one more player one more player right around the corner has not been announced and we can't tell you who it is, but get excited because there is one more player coming on. He has been on the pitch practicing. So we had an opportunity to see him to be there. But again, this is it, Oz. 
The boys are in the players. Monterey Bay FC is a full squad once that last announcement is made, but they're on the pitch and they had an exciting first game. There are only a few at this point when we're recording. Today is St. Patrick's Day. So happy late St. Patrick's Day to those of you listening. But we are recording on the 17th of March. So they're only two days away from that second game. It's going to be not an easy game, but it's exciting to see what's happening with them, how they're building, and as you mentioned, what's next for these boys. But Oz, before yeah. we go, we need to tell people because they're saying people tell us that it's not a it's not a professional soccer team. And I'm a little hurt by that. Every time someone comes to me, every time somebody sees me walking down downtown Salinas and they say, Oh, that's that new team. Who are they? A new youth team? No, guys. This is a professional soccer team that belongs to USL Oz. Yeah, yeah. No, this is a, a fully professional league, and I, I know it's hard to understand, and it's the United States, so we don't we you know we're a little bit lagging on the on the soccer aspect of it but yeah but this is the second division it's called USL Championship because they're literally trying to copy the Premier League the second division of English that is soccer what it, they're is thinking the championship of. sorry to interrupt you but USL's you know idea is exactly to do that to mimic what's already there and that's important to recognize because as you mentioned when something is is done correctly there's no need to reinvent the wheel. The wheel is already working. It spins. It rolls. It moves. It does what you want it to do. So all you have to do is adjust it to your to your country, adjust it to your system, adjust it to your teams, and that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, and it, and yeah, and they're. I think they're doing a good job. And if you do follow English soccer, the championship sometimes is more exciting. Than the Premier League, the, the Premier League, you have five or six top teams. And everybody else, you know, the championship, anybody, anybody can can do good in any given time. And that's what I say about the USL, USL championship. It's these markets that are usually ignored. You're never going to have an NFL franchise in, in Monterey Bay. You're not. I would love it. Don't get me wrong. I would love to drive five minutes and at the, or 10 minutes to an NFL franchise, but it's just not going to happen. You're not going to have Major League Baseball. We don't have the population, the money for it, but this USL championship is well within reach, and it, it, there's dozens of communities around the country. And, and it could be a, this really exciting league that, yeah, Major League Soccer is the top division, and it, it's the shiny new thing, and, and it is a little bit faster and sharper. But USL Championship is more competitive, much more fun. And and that yeah, and that's what I look forward to, and that's why I want to keep teaching people about it. I want people to know that, yes, this is a professional league. Every single one of those players signed there is a professional soccer player signed to a professional contract. Oz, you're telling me it's more competitive. So what is the structure here? Do we have group A, B, and C? Do we have group D? I mean, when you talk about the NFL, you've got, you know, American. You have AFC, NFC. You've got the four subdivision, you could call them, but the four yeah. divisions, AFC West, North, South, East. I mean, you've got the Mexican Soccer League. You've got 1 through 18. You've got the, the Liguilla when it comes to the championship. What is the structure of play for USL championship? Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because they, they're they trying to figure it out as well. So they, they've recently switched over. They used to do an apertura and clausura type thing. Now it's just one straight season that goes from March to October. It used to be divided like the NFL into subdivisions, but now as it's grown, because it started with 10 teams in 2011, and now it's grown. It's 27 teams as of right now with two more expansions coming in. So because now the league has grown so much, now it's a two-division league. So there's an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference. And they play one season from March to October. 
the top seven teams in each conference make it to the playoffs, and then the playoffs is a one one and done tournament style format, which again is more exciting. I believe even Major League Soccer saw it, then they switched over. They used to have a, a home and away things and like you one, had like a, yeah you had like Ida. a two month playoff because you do like Ida y Vuelta like they do in Mexico yeah okay and, and again and and American fans kind of showed that that nah we're not really into that yeah exactly or die that's damn yeah that's, that's how USL championship okay. went and people got excited and I'm not saying that's why it was but like seeing you know last season MLS all of a sudden is in that format as again well. this is what happens it's important to recognize when something works and when it works and it's suited for yours then, hey, why not? MLS can take advantage of it. Now USL is doing it. It worked for them. They tried, you said they originally tried League One, League Two. Yeah. That didn't work. The champions, you know, Champion League, they do it. Yeah, and that's, okay, that that works works in Europe. That, yeah, there are people who follow that. There's different formats for everything. But USL, so you're talking, you've got the East and the West or the North and the South? East and the West. Okay. East and West, it's, I believe the West has one more team right now. It's a little, it's unbalanced because of the 27. But okay. again, top seven make it. So half of the teams basically in the conference. So all we have to do is beat half the teams. Yeah. It's beat in. half the teams and we're in. We're in the championship. And then as you all know, any of you who have been following any type of sports, once you're in playoffs, it's a whole different story. So even if we're the seventh team in our conference, we're going we're gonna to win. Yeah, because it's, it's do or die. It's exactly. a do or die at that that's, point, and there's a lot of experience on this team. That's awesome. So when exactly? So our calendar for Monterey Bay FC started last week, again, against the Phoenix Rising. The next game is Saturday, March 19th, against the Colorado Springs Switchbacks. And our last game happens to be on my birthday, Saturday, October 15th, against the Rio Grande Valley FC. So this is a pretty long calendar. We're going to be having all the watch parties at the XL Public House and home games. We're traveling. We're traveling 10 minutes to yeah. CSUMB from Salinas from Watsonville. It's about 20 minutes. You know, Marina, you can walk. You can ride your bike to CSUMB. We expect everyone there again this upcoming March 7th. Well, thank you so much for that league structure. Anything else you want to add, Oz? Yeah, pay attention to the El Salvador national team's going to be playing some. Uh, they're still in the World Cup qualifier, so you might get a, an extra chance to see one of Walmera play, represent his national team. Well, that's exciting. Hopefully he gets a couple goals in, too, yeah. because if you all follow us on Instagram, you already saw he promised us a goal this weekend. Yeah, he owes us a goal. He owes us one. So he owes. There's at no, least one. Nos debe el gol para Fuerza Unión. Yeah. <laughs> el gol que anotara iba a ser dedicado a Fuerza Unión. Ya nos compartió en sus redes sociales. Está muy contento. De hecho, es algo de lo que me encantó de esos jugadores. Estaban muy agradecidos con el hecho de que habíamos dado inicio a este programa, que habíamos dado inicio a Fuerza Unión. Esperamos, les deseamos el mayor de los éxitos a todas las familias, todos los familiares. We want to make sure that everyone is aware that there is a there's a page now on Instagram and we're creating our YouTube channel and we want you all to follow us, subscribe, share, 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 join this community because this isn't for us. This is for all of us. This Fuerza Unión belongs to all of the counties in the central coast of California. Yeah. And, and our first event showed that we had people from all over the county and we hope more people show up from everywhere around the Tri-County area. 
That's right. So you all have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much, Oz, for having me on Football Without Hesitation. For all those Santa Cruz, no, San Jose. See, I was going to say Santa Cruz. For all of you San Jose Earthquake fans, I'm sorry you had a, a bad match. But hopefully you get a win soon. Yeah, hopefully. Well, hopefully. That's all, that's all I can say. Peace out.